Welcome to another episode of the Utah Geospatial Podcast. This is Greg Bunce. And I'm Matt Peters. And we're from the Utah Geospatial Resource Center. And this podcast will be bringing you geospatial news from across Utah. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. This is our second podcast. And we're going to kind of separate things out a bit. We're going to have uh, what we term a survey corner that's going to be in, we haven't decided how many podcasts or in a row. We also have uh, guests. We're going to be doing interviews. And in fact, today we have an interview with uh, one of our colleagues, Buck Ayler. So Buck, you know, part of our, our focus was just in all the knowledge that there is in Utah about geospatial and about all the people that have been involved for many, many years at many, many levels. So that's kind of why we wanted to get you on today was to, uh, to kind of learn, learn more about uh, what you know. Yeah, so Buck, you know, I know that uh, we want to have you do a little introduction, but uh, also, you know, do, do all the requisite things and tell us about how you got into GIS. Cool. I will. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's an honor. Um, I am blessed to have GIS as a uh, part of my life and my career. Um, I'm a Utah native from the great land of Emory County. Grew up in the small town of Elmo where I got to do a lot of outdoors stuff and got a love for outdoors. And, and when I went to school, I started off in electrical engineering and electronics and it really I hated it I was really struggling and a friend said you know Buck there's this thing called GIS and geography and I I didn't even know it existed and and he told me about it and and I you know I don't remember how long it was but I was in the geography department's advisor's office, changing my major to geography and, and GIS. And um, it changed my life. My my grades did a 180. I was getting straight A's. I, I just loved the work. Um, I loved the concept. I loved the, the tie between outdoors, nature, the, the environment, and data, technology, electronics. Um, it, it just, it was, it was really, really powerful for me. And, and it, it was the best thing that happened. One of the best things that happened to me in my life. Yeah. Around um, what, around what year was this? Was this at the university of Utah? This was at Utah state. And I think it was probably, you know, 2000, 2001. Okay. So I've like been around for a while. ArcView going to ArcGIS desktop? Yeah, yeah. I, I learned in um, ArcInfo workstation on the Unix boxes and uh, <laughs> ArcView yeah. 3 and, and Unix and, and all of that. And, and I remember going to the labs in, in the geology department and opening up ArcMap. And I'm like, I didn't even know what it was. I, nobody had told me before. So I, I, I kind of had to learn that after learning the the old school stuff 
Yeah, I remember when 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 desktop kind of first came out, it was trying to move from you know ArcView 3.2 into that, and that's kind of where I entered in as well. Well, it sounds like you came in a little earlier than me, but essentially in that transition time. I'm yeah, sure. it was different. I was looking for the command line and I couldn't find it. <laughs> it took me a while. Yeah. So so how did so then from there did you get straight into DWR? How did how did that all play out? I I. Uh... I took a geomorphology class and I really fell in love with geology after I fell in love with geography and ended up doing some undergraduate research in the geology department and, and learned a lot more GIS there. And then after I graduated, I was had some good connections and my professor helped connect me to uh, part-time opportunity at the Utah Geological Survey. And I actually ended up being more of a geologist for my first three months. And then that temporary opportunity kind of, uh, you know, the field season was over. So I was done with, with the field work and they wanted to keep me around and, um, I helped them build geologic maps and that eventually turned into my full-time job where I, I helped build geologic maps at the Utah Geological Survey for eight years. And, and that was an awesome job. I really, really enjoyed that. And I, I got to be really creative in building those maps and the data behind them and, and got to also learn a lot of geology and and learn the geology across the state. You know, even though I'm not a true geologist, I really got to learn a lot about it by building the maps through GIS and learned a lot about topology and, and the way you can make maps look better through detailed cartography and um, building databases with them. It was, it was a really cool, uh, job and I, I wish I could do it still, but I, I've moved on. Yeah, I yeah. think it's interesting that you say maps and cartography with the UGS, because I still, when I think of UGS or geologic maps and all that stuff, I do think of the of a printed product or, or cartography still. Um, and, and UGS, that's also under DNR, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Greg, one thing yeah. you may not know, uh, the, the tidbit, I believe, that we're speaking with Buck, the iron cartographer. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've been a few, uh, been in a few iron cartographer competitions, Brandon Plue and I, uh, it was his idea, but we were the first uh, competition and and I've done it a few other times at UJIC, and it's always always fun. Yep, it's a UJIC tradition, right, to do this each each conference. Yep. Maybe you can explain the seven or whatever divisions of uh, DNR. Are they divisions, or how does that work out? Yeah, there's seven divisions in DNR. Um, I always the way I remember is the seven dwarves. Uh, just because it's the same number, but uh, there's wildlife, parks. Well, you know what? We're a little like you guys, and, and we've 
we're in flux right now. Um, our parks and recreation division was split, kind of like your name was changed this year. Okay. And uh, I, I, I don't know the full details of it all, but but parks has split and recreation, they they became separate divisions. So maybe now it's eight. Gotcha. Um, okay, interesting. And you're you're specifically in DWR. I'm in wildlife resources. For wildlife. Yeah. Yep. The division of wildlife resources. Um, we have oil, gas, and mining. Uh, Utah Geological Survey, forestry, fire, and state lands. Um, water rights and water resources. And I said parks and recreation. I think that covers them all. I usually go through the building spatially and think <laughs> of where they all are, check them off. Yeah, that's what GIS does to you, ruins your mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, speaking of DWR, you, you know, you're, you're now your spot. Kind of what? What are the big challenges there or what what how have you kind of overcome some of those challenges or have you got some unique uh, solutions or what's up over there? Oh, we're we're doing some cool things. I've actually only been at DWR for a little over a year. I started in January 2020. Um, I worked at Forestry Fire and State Lands between UGS and, and DWR as the GIS and IT manager there. Um, but at DWR, we've it, it's really been a cool transition for me. One of the biggest things that has, has been a challenge for me is just the sheer size of the organization and, and our uh stretch across the entire state of utah we've got offices from logan down to washington county all over the place and um my other divisions ugs and forestry were a hundred ish or so maybe less maybe more um but we're over 500 staff and and so there's a lot going on um, it's a much bigger organization and there are a lot of opportunities that we just can't jump on we can't capitalize on so that that's one of the challenges i think is just the missed opportunities that are out there there's so much we can do with wildlife um, but but we can only focus on so many things at a time we only have so much capacity and and i'm trying to help help us build more capacity do things more efficiently so we we can stay with the same staffing levels we have or um, not have to add as much or whatever but still be able to take advantage of the the cool opportunities that are out there gis staff is there is there a decent amount of gis staff there uh, we have seven full-time GIS staff and um, a lot of people that do it for part of their job as, as a biologist, 
um, some that are doing it quite a bit and some that maybe pick it up once a year or once in a while. And, and so there's just so many levels of, of skill sets and needs and kind of coordinating that and figuring out what's best and, and helping, you know, if one person goes, you know, builds an app for their region, but it could be used for the whole state, you know, we don't want to lose that work that they did, or, or we don't want one region building one app to collect information and, and another region build the same app, you know, and, and duplicate efforts. So there's a lot of things like that that I, I worry about, but um, yeah. there's and just think, a lot of opportunities. And I always think of, of your guys' world over there is you, you have some folks out in the field as well. Is that true or? Not so much on the GIS side, but I mean, I, I don't know, but a, a lot of our staff are out almost every day. Um, our biologists are out in the field all the time, sometimes weeks at a time. Well, it sounds like an interesting spot to be in. And uh, it's kind of, it's it's nice hearing your perspective on the, the diversity over there, folks using it here and there, some folks using it all the time, GIS. And, and so thanks for filling us in on a lot of that. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff we're doing with our wildlife migration initiative that I wanted to highlight. Um, that that's a really cool program and and i'm really lucky to be coming into the division at the time i i came in um it's a newer initiative at dwr to document preserve and enhance wildlife movement for all the species throughout utah using tracking and data management technologies so if you see a caller on a mule deer or a bison or a moose or an elk out there that's one of our callers and it's sending its location up to a satellite and back to a database every two to four hours whatever frequent frequency we set it at and that is bringing us in a, a wealth of biological information that we've never had before. We actually can know where animals are going, see what they're doing and, and gain insights into their movement. And it, it's really opened up our world of big data. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Do, do you know what satellites you guys are using or how does that work? Uh, we're using a couple. One that comes to mind is the Iridium network. Um, and it's not always satellites. Sometimes it's uh, local telemetry or cell networks. But the, the, the thing I really want to highlight is, is that we have, uh, at this point, we have about 26, 27 million locations of animals across Utah. And we can, we've been using, we've just moved into the Google Cloud Platform world and the BigQuery. And we did a big project that we call Wildlife Tracker 2.0, where we can take those 27 million data points and query those. Any of our biologists can do this 
and then see the the hot spots of where those uh, queried animals are. We probably have a, at least a dozen species. Um, play back the movements. Uh, look at trends. Look look at times. Bring in lots of different reference layers, and we're we're moving into that that big data world and looking to use more big query tools and Google Cloud Platform tools to meet some of our needs that have been really challenging with traditional infrastructure. So I, that is something that I'm really excited about and, and moving more of our GIS in that direction is gonna allow us to visualize our data a lot better share it easier and and gain more value and insights from this tremendously valuable data that we've collected yeah so, so much more so many more options in the cloud um is is the data available for folks to check out publicly or is this just internal stuff or, or what's publicly facing that folks can check out um if they go to wildlifemigration.utah.gov they can see how many animals we have tracked, uh, how many locations we're tracking. Um, they can look at some of the stories that we're able to tell. There's some YouTube videos on there, some story maps, and learn more about the migration initiative. But uh, that data is protected, and, and we typically need a data sharing agreement, or they need to work with DWR to access it because it, it puts the species at risk. But maybe some of the story maps are publicly available. Yeah, everything yeah. on the wildlife migration initiative site is is what we have publicly available. Yeah, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, Thank you. Yeah, anything else you, you want to share? You know, I, I really wanted to highlight that migration initiative. That was a, a big thing. We we touched on a few of the the challenges and solutions, but those are just a few. There's there's a lot of things going on at, at DWR that that we're working through, and um, I see most challenges as opportunities. But where we're missing opportunities, that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, it's it's a good way to look at it. Well, again, definitely want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Um, and again, just, you know, like I said before, but hearing from folks around the state, much like yourself, I think there's a lot of value in that. So, so thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yep. Thanks right. a bunch for your time. Yeah. You guys have a great day. So today it was great to hear from Buck. Uh, you know, longtime user of GIS, and we look forward to other people in the near future. Uh, we hope to reach out to some of you, put you on the spot, Kate Staley, uh, get your notes ready. We're coming after you. And uh, there, there's a variety of other people uh, in air quality. Uh, just there's so many folks in Utah to speak with. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. And I think that's what makes it so fun here is when we all get together at the UGIC conference, uh, so many people to talk with, so many good conversations. So glad we had Buck on and look forward to others in the future. Thanks for your time. <laughs>